Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is James 4. In our society, and probably most societies, there are certain sins that we think of as the big sins. Probably the first one that comes to mind is murder. We think of that as an especially serious and heinous sin. And in some ways, if we read the Bible, we do see murder highlighted as a significant sin and something that even going to Genesis 9 deserves the the death penalty for taking the life of somebody else. Another one of those sins that we think of is adultery. Breaking your marriage covenant by being unfaithful to your spouse. Now, as we consider those things, sometimes we make ourselves feel better by thinking things like, well, I have never murdered anybody or I have never committed adultery. But what we are going to see in this passage today are people being accused of murder and being adulterous people. And the thing I want you to see today is you don't have to have committed adultery to be an adulterous person. James 4 is hard hitting. Buckle your seatbelts because it's going to show you your sin is a bigger deal than you think it is. Your sin is more serious than than you realize. Our default is to minimize our sin, to explain away our sin, to really, in some sense, justify our sin. But our sin is offensive to a holy God who is jealous for the affections of his people. The passage starts off on the note of conflict, and often James 4 is used in the context of conflict, which is good. That's what it's talking about. But there's a bigger picture here that we need to see than just some tips on how to deal with interpersonal conflict. You you see that in verse 1 where it says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. So there you you see, and from this passage, a good question that has come up, uh, that is a good thing to ask yourself to diagnose your heart is when you find yourself in conflict with someone else, ask yourself, What is it that I'm wanting, but not getting right now? Ask yourself that question, because that would be something that's helpful to diagnose your heart. Because James is saying, well, if you're quarreling and fighting with somebody else, it's because there's this unmet desire within you that you are not now handling in in the right way. And so identifying that desire can be helpful. And one of the ways he's saying, hey, if there's a desire that you have that is not being met, instead of fighting with somebody else, you need to pray. You do not have because you do not ask. And then what we see another warning, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And here's where I think we're going to start to see uh, the, the big problem that sometimes those unmet desires, what they are really pointing to or 
what could rightly be called idols in our hearts and in our lives. And sometimes these are sinful things. Sometimes these may be good things that we now have placed higher than they ought to be. And one word the Bible would use to describe that would be idolatry. Even in Colossians 3, covetousness is idolatry. But there's another word that would fit when you are desiring something more than is right, when you are desiring something, ultimately, I would say more than God, another biblical word to apply to that would be adultery. And that's where he goes in verse four, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the spirit says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? This is where I want you to see your sin is bigger than you think it is. Your sin is more serious than you realize because it amounts to spiritual adultery. You are abandoning God, the God that you should be holding fast to, to go and desire something else. To put it even more strongly, you're really whoring out your affections and prostituting yourself to something else instead of to God. That's what your sin is. And if you're thinking, whoa, what was, what was in Pastor Ben's coffee this morning? Why is he so amped up about this? That, that's pretty strong language. If you think that's strong language, make sure you stick around next year on the podcast when we read through the Old Testament, because you're going to see that language is actually used somewhat frequently to describe the sin of Israel and it would apply to our sin too. It's spiritual adultery. It's spiritual prostitution. Because God, he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. He is the rightful uh, object of our affection. And if you think, well, man, God, he's, what's, what's up with him? Why is he so jealous? And there are a lot of contexts in which jealousy is wrong and inappropriate. But God is not ashamed to call himself jealous. Even in the Old Testament, we see his name is jealous at one point. Uh, So what's the difference? Well, even just think, isn't there an appropriate jealousy that a spouse would have for their spouse to not see them going and committing adultery? Isn't that a good thing? Even think of parents for your children. Isn't there a healthy jealousy to see your children desiring the right things and following the Lord? And even as they get to a point where they're choosing a spouse, uh, pursuing someone that loves the Lord, isn't there a proper jealousy that you would have towards, I want to see your affections go to the right place. It is right for God to be jealous. And so I do want you, I think all of us need to be struck by James 4 with the seriousness of our sin. Even as you think of the bitter attitudes that you've had this week, the harsh words that you've said this week, you need to confess those words represent spiritual adultery. Those words represent my heart betraying the God who loves me, betraying the Father who chapter 1 gives me every good and every perfect gift. These are serious things. And I think all of us would be right to spend some time in in confession based on reading James 4 today. That's where you're right. Wow, this is this is intense. James 4 is intense. There's more intense language that we haven't even got to yet. But here's the thing. 
not only is your sin more serious than you realize, God's grace is deeper and better than you can imagine. Because after he calls them out for their spiritual adultery, in verse 6 it says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If we humble ourselves and admit our sin and confess our sin, that's where we will find grace. And even what we see then in verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's amazing. There is no world in which we should expect God to draw near to us. What James 4 could rightly say is, hey, you're adulterers and you're going to be judged. End of story, period. But what we see is, you know, you are adulterous people, but there is hope because there is grace. And if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. These are amazing statements and they should motivate us towards repentance. You think of Romans, it's God's patience and his kindness that is meant to lead us to repentance. And that's the language that's used, again, pretty intense following that. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And again, a statement of grace, he will exalt you. So that's really what all of us need to do in response to James 4. We need to humble ourselves before the Lord. We need to admit our sin for what it is. And we need to trust that in the wake of that, we will find ourselves being exalted. We will find God drawing near to us. We will find more grace. And that is a good thing. And then that attitude of humility that we should get from this opening paragraph in James 4 really then flows into the next two paragraphs of the chapter. Verses 11 and 12, if we are humble and we understand the gravity of our own sin and the magnitude of God's grace, we will um, find ourselves not being able to judge others. Now, when the Bible talks about this, judging others um, and speaking evil against others and judging our brothers, as it says, um, I think this is clear that it's talking about an unrighteous kind of judgment, often a hypocritical judgment, right? You, you have to make judgments to, to some extent. I mean, if you move to a new area and you um, ha- you need to decide, well, where am I going to go to church? You have to make a judgment. You have to say, hey, I, I would not go to this church, no, but I, I will go to this church for these reasons. You have to make judgments. Here, I think it is really speaking of uh, an arrogant judgment, uh, a hypocritical judgment, right? If you are an adulterer, um, an adulterous person because of your disordered affections for God, but you are judging others for their sin, that's that's not right. Um, and, and that doesn't mean it's not You can't call sin, sin when it clearly is, but judging people's motives, speaking evil against uh, brothers, against other Christians, that's what we need to avoid. And we will, I think, if we have a right understanding of how serious our sin is and how great God's grace is. The other way that we will show our humility is in our planning in verse Uh, 13 through 17, where we will not just make our plans based on our own whims and desires and wisdom, but that we will have a Lord willing attitude. And that means so much more than just 
being faithful to make sure you put the words Lord willing in there. No, it really would speak to the condition of your heart. Uh, You're not, as it says in verse 16, boasting in your arrogance, saying, I know what I'm going to do, and I'm going to go and I'm going to do these things. You really have a sense of, well, this is my plan, but I'm only going to be able to do that if the Lord wills, because my heart has been humbled. So we see those things, we we see those um, priorities there in this passage. And you need to have a Lord willing mindset uh, because I think that gets us back to the beginning. Many times when our plans go awry, that's when we find ourselves quarreling and fighting and upset and angry because our plans were something we were coveting after, something uh, that we were setting our affections on instead of setting them on God. Sometimes broken plans reveal our idolatry and spiritual adultery. And so we need to be sensitive to that as well by putting God where he belongs, at the center of our plans, at the center of our lives, and really at the center of our affections. And then we see the, the chapter closing um, with these words. So whatever, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. So if you know the right thing and you don't do it, that is a sin according to God. So as we wrap up James 4, I hope that you have found this to be a convicting chapter. If we can read James 4 and not be convicted, we need to check our pulse a bit. We need to take our sins seriously, likely more seriously than we are. But I hope, even if you feel the weight of conviction with today's reading, I hope you feel the hope that comes from the grace of God and from the promise that if we humble ourselves, he will exalt us. If we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. That's undeserved. That's grace. So as we often sing, our sins, they are many, but his mercy is more. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.